Hey lovers, I'm Wiley, and welcome to Sex at Work, a podcast of sex-related work stories from brands and humans who share my mission to make the world a sexier place. Today's guest I found late one night, scrolling in the name of research, and I found his online presence so delightful. I, I feel like it overlaps with Mission 69 so much to make the world a more loving place in all the ways, and this episode is so fun, it's so full of learnings, and while sponsorship was not part of any of our pre-podcast conversations... Mitch is super generous and is in support of our future Mission 69 Playship Road Trip and is offering you lovely listeners 30% off at hellocake.com with the code SEXATWORK and for the next month is putting 10% of those sales towards the creation of our future Playship. If you'd like to learn about more ways to make this sexy road trip a reality, visit mission69.org. As always, please keep all sexy thoughts about myself and our guests to yourself and enjoy. Our guest today is Mitch Orkis, co-founder and chief marketing officer of Cake, which you can find at hellocake.com or just at hellocake on TikTok or Instagram. They make a lot of cool stuff. Welcome, Mitch. Hi, thank you so much. I am nervous, but excited. Yay. Okay. Don't you think nervous and excited is how we feel a lot of times before we're about to have sex with a new person or any person sometimes, but like for me, especially new people. A hundred percent. And I feel like that is a fun reason why I got into this, but we'll get into all of that, I'm sure. Exactly what I was thinking. Okay, so first, can you start off by telling us, in your line of work, how, including your whole brand, but or just your own personal work self, how do you understand the definition of the word sexy? I think of sexy as self-confidence. I feel like if you know and are comfortable with who you are or trying to figure it out and kind of embrace that, that's the most sexy thing. And it's kind of morphed into my definition behind what is sexy. I love it. And then do you have a different idea of like in your personal life, sexy versus work life, sexy, or is it kind of just overlappy for you? I think it's different because I think I share a lot of my personal details because it's a sex company. Yeah. So I think in my personal life and I identify as a gay man, like, I have very specific tastes, likes, turns on preferences. In my professional life with Cake, the products we make, by definition, are for different types of anatomy. So I have to constantly put my head into, well, what is sexy to this person? What is sexy to this person? What is sexy to this person? So, yes, very much. I have to morph into other people's brains to figure out what they like. Luckily, our Cake community share the fun of information tells us and then that makes my job really easy we just have to make the things that those people like awesome does that make sense totally yeah 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 and i can relate to that and also wouldn't it be a great sexy world if all of us got in the habit of trying to think about other people's sexy experiences like i think that would solve a lot of the i don't want to say issues but the scary nervous crinkly parts of like being with partners i'm currently thinking a lot about when people are exploring their sexuality a lot of it is focused on self and what makes me personally feel good and my brain has been there too. And now I'm getting into how can I focus my energy on making my partner, my husband feel good. Yeah. And it is a full on mind shift. Totally. And it's a different way to explore, but it's fantastic. So yes, I agree. If we can all embrace someone else's point of view yeah. and go there, I think we can learn a lot about ourselves and our partners. Absolutely. I do feel like I had to learn about myself first before I could have the bandwidth to be like, okay, now you. And I think that that's maybe an experience many people can relate to. I think it's the right way to do it too. And it was my experience. I think just now I'm in my mid thirties. I'm just now starting to realize, oh, I have to take care of my partner as much or more than myself, which yeah. is horribly selfish of me, but I was there for a while. And I learned a lot about myself and it was fun. Totally. Okay. So can you actually just tell us what led you to this line of work and like, what is your work like? Tell us your sex story of work, your sex work story, or you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> I was thinking that you would ask me this question and we have the story that we, that's out there in the public domain because it's the truth. But I think it actually happened a lot earlier than that. Yeah. So What's out there in the public domain is I was running strategy at a branding agency that did all these direct-to-consumer cool companies, and my co-founder, Hunter, came in. I'm gay. He's straight. I'm older. He's younger. I'm married. He's not. Kind of who we are and how we like to play couldn't be more different, but the fact was that neither he or I thought there was a brand out there that spoke to either one of us. So we started asking our friends, kind of, what did they use? Do they like it? Do they not? And we realized that there was just, there was a big missing kind of everyday brand 
that spoke to all different types of people. No matter who you are, yep. if I like to play, you can have fun. That is the truth. I was thinking about this question, and when I was probably 23 or 24, I was on a rooftop in New York City, and I was the only gay person there. Mm. And I think I was the only single person there. Oof. And I was sitting there, and I was kind of like just drinking a beer, and I was just sitting at a table, not super engaging. And then one by one, kind of couples would rotate in and inevitably start asking me questions about my sex life. And then they were curious. And I think there's this kind of gay guru thing that people think gay people know more about sex, which I don't. But I was fascinated at how much people would share with me and how desperate people were to like try new things. Yeah. And they just need the permission to do that. Yeah. I think that's a theme that stayed with me where I often end up talking to strangers <laughs> mm-hmm. about their sex lives mm-hmm. rather early on. And then somehow I got hooked up with my co-founder and we figured out, oh, we can make products to answer these needs. Yeah. So that is my sex story, along with the fact that I got to have a lot of fun sex along the way. <laughs> and not fun sex. <laughs> well, first I want to ask you, why do people start talking to you about sex? Do you know? Do you have any ideas? Because it happens to me too long before I had a sex podcast. So. I was listening to your podcast kind of in preparation for this. Mm-hmm. And then I saw you. And I think there is a kindness or approachability that instantly puts people's shoulders down. Mm. And I don't know if it's just visual, it's audio, I don't know what it is, but there's just like, I moved to California, now I say the word aura. There's something about you that makes you <laughs> easy to talk to. I think that I have a little bit of that where yeah. I don't care who the fuck you are how you get down what you want to do how can you are don't care what i do care about is having good conversations and having fun yeah so i think there's something that unites i'm guessing the both of us in that and then people sense that and it quickly turns into really detailed yeah <laughs> stories and desires yeah and just so our listeners know i discovered mitch on tiktok scrolling late one night and it is part of the reason like looking at you I was like oh he seems so nice oh he's doing the work like I believe in and I want to talk to him and then I was like wait a second I am about to start this new podcast to talk to other people who have these like similar sexy missions and the thing that I love about cake so much is that they talk about wanting to make sex fun and approachable and it's not that I'm like oh you have to have fun all the time like it can be whatever you know fun is so many different things so I do think that you do have that approachability And I think that it comes through in the brand. And so I'd love to hear from you. How do you feel cake is sexy? And then like, how is your work maybe less sexy than people might think? Start with the less sexy and then we'll work our way through to the sexier parts. So there is two ways. And I don't know about entrepreneurship. So I'm going to talk in very simple speak. And I apologize for people that are more advanced than I am. But when you become an entrepreneur... There's kind of two paths. One of them is figure out how to make something and sell it mm-hmm. for more than you made it. And then take that money back and you make something else and you sell it. And it's a bootstrapped way. You self-fund it and you get going that way. Yeah. That's what most small businesses in the world are. The other way is you go down the investment route. So you go talk to venture capitalists. You say, give me your money. I promise I'll make it back to you tenfold. Yeah. I was warned a hundred times that if you go down the investor path that is very intense and there are very real goals and metrics and numbers you have to hit and you will work tirelessly to hit those i just it's like whatever let's do it that is true so i think that the fun of the brand i protect i think is sacred and i want the world and consumers to see that the business side is pretty intense. So the numbers, the metrics, the reporting, we have had to fight and plead with every Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, every yeah. platform out there to let us get on there. It is a stressful, challenging world. I think that's why so few new sex brands pop up and crush it. Like they struggle because it's hard to get the word out there. Yeah, But it's something that I also know I I don't think I have a choice in the matter. I have to do it. Like, I think people are so stressed out and anxious and like COVID and the world's just not very fun at the moment. So if like this can bring people pleasure and fun, it's all I care about like 
for the foreseeable future. I'm like, I'm just going to help people be happy, even if it's just for like five minutes out of the day. Beautiful. And I also just want to highlight and celebrate a sex brand getting investor money is a big deal. Yeah. In my experience, trying to get anything funded so far and trying to not get kicked off of platforms when I don't do things that I think are very, I'm not doing erotic stuff. I'm not doing sex work stuff. I sometimes am explicit, but it's very like respectful and approachable. And I struggle with that. So I'm just like celebrating any brand that is sex related and takes people's money. And we're seeing more of it now. I'm reading the articles that are like sex tech is up and coming. I had a conversation. I hope this person doesn't mind that I'm bringing her in this conversation. But I talked to Alex at Dame when we first started. I said, it'd be nice to get to know you. She called me and she said, everyone in sex is fighting the good fight. Like I will help you no matter how much we compete someday. Like we will help each other. When I saw her funding, I was pro- I guess I was one of the first three people to email her mm-hmm. being like, fuck yes, like you are doing that. Like it is happening. And then yeah. the tides are turning and I'm happy to see that. I do think that with Cake, we were calculated about how we did it. We knew we couldn't launch with the sex toy. We knew that that'd be really hard to get funded. We also knew that the sex aisle was the last aisle in retail that had not been reinvented by a direct consumer brand. Yeah. Said what's the safest possible route in to reinventing that aisle that is also not going to make investors say, oh no, I can't possibly invest in that. So this idea of specialty lubricants was born out of that idea because one, I'm gay and I have to use lube. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that was one piece of it. Two, we knew that investors would be more interested in that. And three, Lubricant is actually classified as a FDA registered medical device because it oh. goes with condoms. Okay. So then you can use that to get onto Facebook and TikTok and Snapchat and get on those platforms. Got it. Okay. And I will just say, I want to shout out the brilliance of Cake is that it has a subscribe and save option for lube, which like, I'm always the person that's like, oh, can you get the lube? Oh, fuck, we're out. Oh, I guess I can't have butt sex tonight. Like, you know, I mean, I'll find a way, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that we've, We've used a lot of traditional, I guess not traditional because D2C is still, direct consumer businesses are still new, but we most often do not look at other sex brands when we are looking for inspiration on our website, on the business model, on trying to increase revenue. We often are looking at skincare, cosmetics, deodorant brands, shaving brands. A lot of that thinking gets brought into kind of sex. And I think that's what's making it become so popular like our packaging is designed to look more like skincare than it is to look like a traditional kind of older school sex brand yeah it's elegant it's cute it's fun and i actually the reason that i ask the question like what's your definition of sexy is because i've talked to several hundred people about their sex lives very in great detail at this point and when people are like describing things that are sexy it usually has to do with confidence and a feeling of trust and safety. Never has anyone ever been like, oh, it's like when bow chicka wow wow music plays and like really low cleavage and a lot of makeup and like low lighting. Nobody has ever been like, that's my definition, but that's how it gets sold to us so often. And I'm like, well, I don't have sex in those circumstances. And like, in fact, those circumstances, I'm in them so rarely. And like, I probably would have a seedy vibe rather than like an excitement, fun, enthusiastic vibe. So I just feel like I think what drew me to cake is just seeing where I'm like, that's me. That's me. It's clean. It's simple. It's fun. I could have that on my bedside table. I really appreciate you saying that. It could be easy to slip into get a naked hot guy with abs to jerk off on camera and put it on a gay porn website. And that's like our marketing plan. That (laughs) once every two months that comes up in our marketing team where it's like, are we doing porn now? And like, no, we're not going to do porn right now. We're going to continue to tell people that if they want to pleasure themselves and their partners, like we're here for you. We'll spend a ton of time and energy making the best products we possibly can. Then we'll keep improving those products based on your feedback. So it's a hard kind of line to walk. (laughs) Yeah. Will you talk now about the sexy parts of your job and the things you like the best? Yes. I masturbate a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) amazing so cake is carried in walmart nationally and there's new exciting fun things that are happening with other retailers which we can't talk about yet but yay solo play like masturbation isn't acknowledged in the aisle 
Mm-hmm. So we have a self-play cream. It's a masturbation cream. Yeah. And we're the first people to bring that into mainstream America and put it on the shelves of retail locations. Awesome. To me, that is like, no shit. Of course it should be on the shelves. People yeah. are using Lubriderm and whatnot. So to me, it's a obvious. To retailers, it's a, oh my gosh, are we really going to carry this? We can take a bet on this. Whoa. So there is a world of masturbation that I think is going to explode into mainstream America. Because of that, we have tons of, I don't know if you can see my over here. Amazing. All, it's just filled with sex toys and products. And now I have very honest conversations with my husband. I'm like, oh, I have to go do product testing. And so product <laughs> testing is fantastic. And that is a very good part of my job. The other part that I don't know if the right word is sexy, but people reaching out to us and wanting to collaborate. We had a artist reach out. They just make incredible sexy drawings and we're trying to get them commissioned and have cake products in them. Oh my god. So there's collaborations where I'm like, oh this is fantastic. And then I will kind of peek behind the curtain if they have OnlyFans pages and whatnot, where I will see that world. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. So I'd say those are the very good parts and fun parts about the job. That is super amazing. And I also just feel like, well, for me, the line, my own creativity exploded when I started having great sex. Like when I like checked into my body in that way and like everything felt connected, that's when I was like, oh, now I paint, now I write, now I do all these things. And so I really love hearing that you are collaborating with creators because Sex is, in my opinion, the most creative act. And I think it can fuel so much. And that's why I think this mission is important. I love that idea. Our cake community, we're trying to always find uh, new ways to explain experiences that they can try in the bedroom. So eventually I just said, why don't we just ask people what they want? We said, does anyone have an underwear fetish? We had 450 people respond in detail about how to get into underwear fetishes. Within, I think, two hours. Whoa. So I do agree that tapping into the community and tapping into, like, people that are enjoying themselves and their creativity and then sharing that out. Like, if I can turn that into a cycle where I can just keep sharing learnings with everyone, much like you do with your podcast, that'd be fantastic. Beautiful. Where does your community live, by the way, in case anyone wants to go join it or be a part of it? So I'm going to two-part answer. Okay. One, I just thought, and this was very naive of me, I thought, oh, I'm a gay person that lives in a big city. Cake is all going to be for gay people that live in big cities. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought the community would be. We regularly get emails if we ship to army and military bases. Cool. So I was like, oh, we have struck a nerve. We got an email from someone that said he was in the 70s. And he said, I thought this part of my life was over. And I've rediscovered myself and my body. So I was like, oh, this is a weird nerve. Like, we've struck some nerve. We're like, I don't know who our community is, but they really want to try to have more fun in the bedroom, and I'm here for it. Where they actually live is kind of our website and social is rather PG because of compliance and Facebook and all that good stuff. Once you get onto our email list, it becomes not PG. So we have, like, explicit... We had how to take the perfect nude for dudes. Nice. Please, everybody, go do that. Because I've been thinking about Because, like, dudes only send me pictures of just their cock. Because I'll collect nudes for art. Yeah, and I'm like, no, show your whole body. But we also don't have, like, a communication system in our society of, like, yes, this is a nice thing you can do. If you Google how to take the perfect nude, every single thing is good for females. And no one has guided people's penises into yeah. a direction of how to do it. Yeah. But we just tapped the community. We said, hey, anyone want to take news for us? And this person wrote back. He was like, yes, I'm in. Yeah. And so then he actually wrote the email and did all the pictures. Beautiful. So we do tap our community a lot and ask them point blank, what do you want? What can we build for you? Can you test this out? And that's how we build all the products and how we make our content. Amazing. Okay, so work-wise, what are your boundaries between your professional and personal work? Like, how do you kind of organize that in your head and or life? So... I mean, this is a probably not the right answer. There aren't at the moment. Okay. Like I from seven AM until seven PM and I get back online and work from eight until like ten. <laughs> yeah. Then on the weekends I spend talking about K 
take and my I have family members that are investors. So the boundary thing I should figure out. I just looked into getting a professional coach because mm. I'm like, how do you have boundaries? Yeah. Have you figured it out? <laughs> no, I'm a, I call myself an art workaholic. And like, especially since sex entered the picture, it's one of my favorite topics. It's something I'm a very horny person and I'm always trying to like, also I'm single kind of, I mean, I have a master, but he's married and you know, like I'm dating and kind of whatever, not really, but theoretically, aspirationally. And so, you know, it's like that thing where when I'm swiping on someone new, trying to bring up my work and all the work that I do and like also trying to meet people that aren't going to try to pull me away from work or like get uncomfortable. I, I don't know how to navigate it yet. And then the personal part of just like time, I'm like, well, I don't know. I want to. Yeah. If someone if you are on a dating app and then someone doesn't know who you are and then figures out who you are, does that end up helping or hurting the dating side uh i've only swiped on one person so far that was like a listener fan and it got weird pretty quickly because he liked me but didn't try to get to know actual me was just like it was like i already know you and then like didn't engage with me and so then i didn't have anything to latch on to and then it mostly scares people away if someone's not if people don't know who i am which most i'm not that famous you know if most people get scared when they're like oh you want to talk about sex all the time and publicly you know and i'm like no no, no i don't say my partner's names but it's yeah. it makes it so that like secret relationships are or like not secret but like don't ask don't tells with people that don't want to be outed i guess is ideal but i i don't know <laughs> i do think that when someone realizes who you are and it's like heck yeah it'll be fantastic that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping yeah. for yeah that's what happened with our investors our investors would either be like okay thanks so much goodbye, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> or it was like oh 100 an end yeah. and it, i feel like that can be extrapolated investors and dating are basically the same thing so that's what i hear and i also like really like the idea of having a work partner and maybe this is like a bad fantasy whatever bad fantasy but it's my fantasy i have total fantasies about like having work because i'm also like big-hearted polyamorous you know like not like officially structurally but i'm like i love everyone you want to say okay you know like if it's a good idea i don't see why not yeah. so i'm all about mixing work and play and i realize that's not nor the norm for many people and so i'm trying to learn from other people these are just giving me ideas of i want to just keep tapping the cake community yeah. and ask people of who does kind of love their work love their partner and have merged those two things together yes. how does that work out because that's that's fascinating i'm especially when i see couples that are like making it together on OnlyFans or are like doing these things that, or even just artists like not not necessarily in an erotic way but all of that i because i also just for me the desire is so strong and it fuels and I feel like anyone I have sex with is a muse. I mean, everyone I talk to about sex actually becomes a creative muse for me. So, yeah, that makes sense. And then just going back to aspirational dating, I don't know if that's a real term or not, but if it's not, you have to because <laughs> that, that's hilarious and also so true. Yeah, I'm dating, but only aspirationally. I swiped on yeah. someone on field <laughs> last night. I wrote him a message. I don't he hasn't responded. So we'll see ladies don't respond to me as much we'll see but it, I, I have aspirations um okay so okay going back to that or like expanding on this notion of like work and play and communication i get really confused by things that are not explicit communication so like for me noodling through the boundaries of like if i'm working with someone like i just i now have an editor working with me and she helps me schedule things and i'm constantly checking in to be like tell me if you're not comfortable are you okay are you okay you know and so i'm curious do you have yeah. explicit like things you can say in the office? Because it sounds like you guys do talk about explicit stuff. We have to. Okay. I won't ever in my life put a product out that I haven't tried and fully believe it's the best thing on the market. Awesome. So we have to just have explicit conversations about did everyone try the product? What are the good parts? What are the bad parts? In the beginning, we did not have anything in writing where you had to sign it. Mm -hmm. We have since getting venture capital dollars we have a document that says we are a sex company. We talk and acknowledge the presence of sex. We talk and acknowledge the presence of sex toys. We talk and acknowledge the pleasure or discomfort sex toys make us feel. So it has become rather clear. I think it's kind of like, and I've never worked in a doctor's office, mm -hmm. but I think it's when you hear, when you're a little kid and you hear someone say penis and you giggle, mm -hmm. and then you grow up and you just realize that it's anatomy and it, there's science behind what makes 
penises feel good and not and fill with blood and not and erect and not that it becomes rather clinical and i think clinical is a very unsexy term Mm -hmm. but in the professional setting it does become very clinical like we have a shorthand with everyone that works on the team where we just use anatomy and then we do talk about feelings and pleasure with that i think it's also a tone that gets set in the company yes where like we just want to hear people's opinions like we don't mind if they are outrageous or not i'm like all right take it in and then we'll figure out how to digest that and action it i love that and i just wish more of the world were kind of that way because i have not yet had a person be so uncomfortable that they can't even though i'm talking to complete strangers they show up and they're like, duh, 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 and I fucked her in the pussy and then I really like this. You know, and it, like you said, it's the tone and it's the inherent agreement that we're not, just because we're saying these explicit things, it doesn't mean we're doing them with each other or using them to uncomfortableize each other. I think that if you took that notion of just saying, okay, we're going to be comfortable talking about this topic, sex, because we did that in our work setting, if you can do that in a personal lives, because I have this philosophy that every person has 100% of their brain that's devoted to their kinks. I think they only share 10 to 15% yeah. with other people. And if you can just establish, okay, you and I are together. We're just going to talk about it. I want to see the other 85%. I don't care how I'll brace myself. I think as soon as you start to have those conversations, that's when your sexual exploration and pleasure really like completely changes. Absolutely. And as a receiver of so many sex stories and personal details, because people have listened to me for uh, almost two seasons, I have 69 episodes per season. So we're coming up on the end of season two. People so often tell me that they have told me details that maybe they've never told any single person in its entirety. And I'm like, holy cow, like I feel honored. And also like, for me, it's like, wow, what a shame that nobody else gets to know all of this about you. Because I think it's like beautiful and wonderful and people seem happy when they share and feel seen and known. So that's what I want for all of us. I agree. And I want that. I think the more your voice can be out there saying, just tell someone that you trust. And the more Kate can say, here are the tools. So yeah. if you want to try, every single product we make is designed to try new experience. Yeah. So I think by default when we put out a nipple play toy which maybe that's confidential but oh well it kind of forced conversation and there can be a couple sitting on the couch going did you see this thing on tiktok i can't believe this is on yes. TikTok. like nipple play what do you think and it seems like well like i could be into it are you into it? well maybe i don't know i've never tried it <laughs> exactly it starts the conversation it's fun i love that so for our listeners, I also just want to say HelloCake.com has amazing PDF guides if you are looking to say, for example, explore butt stuff, because I know that I've inspired many of you to explore all the parts of yourself. I just love that the guide says everybody has a butt. Like, that's part of it. And it's so beautifully illustrated, so clear, so simple. And I just, like, love that. I love that you love that. Again, I keep on playing that I'm a gay dude, so, like, of course I'm yeah. going to make something called tush kush i love it i tried it by the way it's great it's a hybrid so it's i love it it's all soothing with the aloe but then it's also silicone so it stays slippery mm-hmm. and when we talk about going into retail mainstream america everyone said no guess what's the number one specialty lubricant on shelf right now tush kush of course and it's crazy of yeah course. so i said okay i think that mainstream america is a lot more willing to try some new things than y'all might think Oh, absolutely. The things that I hear from people, straight men who identify as straight men have very creative definitions of their yeah. label. And I love that, <laughs> you know, like use whatever label yeah. you have to use. So, oh, I have a question for you. So, okay, this is your job. I'm curious, how do you define sex worker? Do you identify as one? <laughs> no, I don't identify as one. Maybe I should. I, well, this is this is my question for myself, too, because I'm like, wait, am I a sex worker? I don't feel like it, but I do talk about my own stories all the time. I do make money off of that. I'm not available for hire, but, like, why aren't we sex workers? That's a really good question. I wonder if identifying as sex workers would help further normalization of sex workers. That's what I'm wondering. Who I want to get renamed sexual artists because they are artists. 
or erotic artist. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's one of my life goals is to just kind of like shift that nomenclature. <laughs> I'm writing this down because I think the power of communication is everything. Yeah. Is Cake allowed to steal sexual artists when they refer to sex workers? Yeah, I think this is part of a shared cause. And I don't, you have a different audience. I, have a, I mean, hopefully I grow. But like, if you start using it and influence people, like I think sexual artists or, or some people prefer erotic artists, but I think sexual artist is approachable and doesn't have the bounce chicka wow wow vibe to it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's just like, I'm a photography artist. I'm a painter artist. I'm, and then I'm just an artist. I love that. I do think my definition, and maybe it's narrow-minded, I always think of sexual artists as people using their bodies and sexual power physically. Mm. And maybe I'm wrong. Well, I'm maybe wrong, too, because the reason this question exists is I've been selling nudes. So I shaved my head in 2016 and then was like, am I a person? Am I going to be attractive to anyone ever again? And part of my process for like feeling into my body, I was wandering around South America after a series of bad jobs and like a whole life redo. And so I just would like set up my camera and take naked pictures of myself, like feeling into my body. And I never conceived of it as a very sexual thing. And eventually I got less and less shy and decided to like share them publicly and then was like, oh, I do need to make money to support the podcast and my mission to make the world a sexier place. So like I'll sell these. And then last December, I was talking to another podcaster. And he's like, yeah, if you're selling nudes, you know people are getting off to those. So that's a sex worker. And I was like, well, I think they're fine art. And then I like looked into fine art and then was like, oh, like, it's just classist definitions that interesting, oh, yeah. you know. And so that's, so that's where this noodle comes from. I'm just like, huh. Anything that will promote people being able to make money using their sexuality and power, I'm 100% behind. I'm just like, all right. Yeah, but also naked bodies aren't inherently sexual and I haven't done anything super erotic yet, so I don't know where the lines are, but I'm not that bothered by them. Switching gears a little bit, I'm curious to hear what have you learned about social and cultural norms that have either surprised you, that you're super interested in shifting, or maybe even things that you love? So I think what I've been most surprised at is the willingness, I'm going to use the word desperation, like the desperate need to connect and talk about quote-unquote taboo things so when we do send out an email blast that says does anyone have an underwear fetish and we get 450 responses in two hours yeah. in detail i mean people put time and energy to tell us yeah exactly what they have done that's worked that hasn't worked it's overwhelming so i think that the ability for us to connect with people is something I've been surprised about and I continue. If I could change something that's become a norm, I'm going to go back to my, if you have your kinky brain and you only share 10 or 15% of it, mm -hmm. if your goal is to make the world sexier place, my goal would be to get that 15% to at least 50% yeah. by the time I'm leaving this lovely earth. Like I think that the more people just are honest with themselves and if they happen to have a partner with their partner, it will only lead to more fun. Yes. So like, if you respect yourself and you're doing it consensually, explore. And when we were had the idea of starting Cake, we said, do you want to have a better sex life? I forget the exact number. I think it was 94% of people said, yes, I want to have a better sex life. When we wow. said, are you taking any steps to have a better sex life? 18% said yes. So that means there's 70% of the world out there that is saying, yes, I want a better sex life. And they don't know where to start. and They don't know how to do it. Yeah. So if we can help them do that, that is a huge, hopefully, cultural shift that we can make. And it will result in people being happier. Oh, I hope so. The number of people that I hear from who just feel like they can't talk to their partners, I wonder how many of them are in a relationship with each other. That's just what I think every single time. Oh, that's so fascinating. You're getting emails from people that are sitting on opposite ends of the couch. What if? I would guess that that happens more times than not. Maybe not actually coming into our inboxes per se. Right, but right. I think if one person is kind of brave enough to take the first step, it ends up continuing in a positive way. Yeah. I also have gotten messages from people that are like, I was inspired by your podcast and talked to my partner and they broke up with me, but I'm happier than ever. You know, like I do think that those shifts bring us to where we need to go or want to go sexually. Yeah. Speaking of shifts, have you noticed any cultural shifts 
either more broadly in the world or inside yourself or even just in your community since you started this work? I'm going to get entrepreneurial nerdy. Mm-hmm. I do think that oftentimes when new generations come into themselves, as Gen Z comes up and they're the most or one of the most sexually open, explorative generations of all time, as that happens and then the pre-economic world, <laughs> businesses recognize that and they start to fund that change, yeah. it adds fuel to the fire in a positive way. So I think the level of investment going into companies that are redefining these, I would call them rather toxic ways of defining sexuality yeah. and are kind of putting their mind where their mouth is. And we say, oh, we're going to have a section of our site that says fuck gender and we're going to try to go into Walmart. Yes. And they're like, great, do it. It's like those two things used to not be the same. Yeah. And now the fact that we can do that and have financial backing to make it possible, I think that's a pretty great shift. I think that's the most obvious one I've seen. And then the other one I've seen is I think there was shame around masturbation mm-hmm. where people would have to like feel like they had to sneak away or like lock the bathroom door or yeah. if someone's out grabbing milk, like that's the time to do it. I have seen that that is just seems to be going away where it's like, I'm going to go jerk off. And so people are like, oh yeah, cool, cool. I'll be over here. And I think that that's great because it does, I mean, it's scientifically proven to decrease stress, increase pleasure or happiness and all those good things. Yeah. I had a guest who was telling me that she and her husband call it PRT, personal reflection time. They said, babe, I'm going to go do some personal reflection time. Or if like one of them's feeling it and the other one's not, they're like, could you actually just do some PRT? Like, I love you. Okay, I'll get you later. You know, like, and I think that that vibe is just like, amazing we made an ad that said it's for solo and it's masturbation cream that said when he's in the mood and you're not and people thought it was a joke but oftentimes my husband will be stressed and be like mitch just you have solo and go or vice versa and i think that's like a great thing to have absolutely yeah because also who wants to be having sex when you don't really want to be having sex like i don't want to have sex with someone if they're feeling that way even if i'm very horny and love them or desire them or whatever a hundred percent i also just want to circle back to what you were saying i'm so excited i love that your website literally has a tab that's like fuck gender i clicked on that one (laughs) even though (laughs) i identify as a female person like i love that that's there because i don't understand why we market sex so differently and actually the reason that i'm like doing these investigations is because when I started working with advertisers and there were certain audio apps were like, our products are for women. And I'm like, are you sure? I'm not going to say the word woman in this ad read. And they're like, no, they're, they're directed toward women. And I'm like, 70% of my listenership is dudes. Like, no, you're wrong. Well, men, men, men are more visual. I'm like, sure, sure, science, but like also reality. So I think that the more that we come together and just have these conversations together, I just like love that brands are mirroring that back for us. And it's nice to have education along the way because I'll be the first to admit that I needed a lot of education. And I feel like the brand is, I think forever, will be trying to reflect and keep up with the changing definitions that are shifting because we're actually being representative of how real people actually feel. So that's been helpful to hear. Our community will point blank say, this section is wrong. We just did a scrub of our site on the Fuck Gender tab because of issues that our community pointed out. And like, that's not actually right anymore. Like, thank you. Like, let us go back and redo that. And we're rebuilding the quiz where the logic in the quiz couldn't accommodate what it needs to accommodate Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. people define. It's a very big undertaking, but we're building from scratch this entire quiz to help people truly identify and find products for themselves. That's awesome. And another good example of something that cannot happen. Brands can't reflect that unless people are talking about it, unless people are willing to talk about it. So that's a cool evolution. Yeah. Okay, fun question for you. If you could wave a magic wand and teach everyone in the world something about sex, what would it be? I feel like a broken record. It would be to have, I'm going to call it the conversation, Mm -hmm. where you reveal. So this is what we've learned a lot about how to get into new types of pleasure and play is to not go from zero to a hundred. Yeah. So the fetish, the overwhelming feedback was do not pick up a pair of underwear that has been worn to the gym and has sat there for a week. Like that is going to be too much. Yeah. Like just dip your toe in the water 
lightly used, give a sniff. Like it's it's very dicker toe in the water, yeah. but that will continue down paths that maybe you'll dip your toe in the water and say, no, that's not for me. Then you can try something else. You can try nipple play. You can try any other, I mean, there's thousands of kinks out there. Yeah. But if you just have reveal like a little tiny something to yourself and like say it out loud, acknowledge it. Like I do want to try dirty talk in this very specific way, even if it's with yourself mm-hmm. or you have that with your partner. I think that everyone would have more fun. Like if all the people that hear this interview are like, okay, I'm going to take that 15% of my kinks that my partner knows about and just increase it to 16. Yeah. I do think that it would start to help the world positively. I love that. Even if it's just 1% a month, that's big progress. Yeah. You know, however, we're measuring that (laughs) science math. (laughs) What's your magic wand moment? Ooh, that's a good question. I actually hadn't thought about this question for myself. I just wish that I could teach people what it feels like to have your body fully turned on without anxiety. Because that changed my life. I was like, oh my God, is this God? Is this transcendence? Do I believe in stuff now? What's happening? Like I... It was such a big deal for me, not even just with a partner, but to feel my whole body on. Yeah, I'm not saying like coherent, tangible words, but I want people to have the experience of fully embracing their own sexual deliciousness, however it looks today. Because I think that's the only way, too, that I've been able to be present to notice, oh, wow, my body actually changes a ton. I can't answer the question, what do you like specifically? Because today is different from five minutes ago, different from tomorrow, different from yesterday. Maybe, you know? Yeah. I find that whenever I'm camping, I get super horny. (sighs) And it's because my stress goes down. It's because I don't have a laptop. I don't have a phone pinging me. I don't have Slack notifications on. I think that anxiety is the worst possible thing for sex life. But it's also the best thing to combat anxiety, at least personally, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is to like physically release and like feel ecstasy so that's a good one thanks okay you maybe kind of have already answered this but if there's a different answer i'm curious in as much detail as you're comfortable how has your sex related work affected your personal life so we know you masturbate more are there any other things i didn't personally use sex toys Mm -hmm. before i think when you tell someone that doesn't use sex toys are you interested in trying a sex toy? They instantly think of a vibrator. And they think of a vagina. And they think of like very limiting sex toys. The amount of things that are out there and the pleasure they can cause is unbelievable. And how expensive they can be is Oh insane. my gosh, yeah. So I think that that has increased. Oh, and then the other piece is I'm fascinated by the media world of like OnlyFans rise and i'll call it impending fall they just tried to take it back today and i'm like no fuck you guys i'm out oh i didn't see that they i just got the email and they were like uh actually never mind and i'm like no you already showed me you don't actually care about creators if this was that easy to fix you guys like i already rebuilt my website fuck off (laughs) yeah so now i've gone deep into the interwebs Mm -hmm. of different there's a website called jerky i think it's j-e-r-k-a-y and it's live mutual masturbation oh, yeah. with people with no paywalls, no usernames, no passwords, none of it. Oh, wow. And I found so many of these tiny niche little things where I think, oh, if cake ever goes into the media side or if we can put our energy and funds behind not only helping people from a product side, but also from a connection side, mm-hmm. be that digitally, I think that's fascinating. So I've tried, like I do product testing, I've tried every app out there, every service out there. That has been eye-opening and in general, pleasure-filled. Like it's been fun. That's awesome. What's the silliest shame-related experience that you've encountered so far through your work? I'm glad you asked this. (laughs) I think about this all the time. So we have small, medium, and large condoms. Small condoms are the best-selling condom online, I believe, because retailers don't carry them, Mm. so you have to buy them online. Whenever we do photo shoots, and we'll say, everyone grab a product, the only box that's not picked up is the small condom box. So inevitably, every time 
I pick up small condom box and I would like to say, I don't think twice about it, but I do. <laughs> the, my silliest shame is my self shame <laughs> where I'm like, why do I care that I'm holding this box? Cause the rest of the world cares. Yeah. But I, I don't think I'll ever publicly say if like that is the condom I use or not, or if I use the medium, or if I use large, uh-huh. But there's still size shame, yeah. which is so fucked up and bad. And I want to reverse it. So our new creative for condoms, I literally just point to the snug fit condom and I say, small condoms, cake's top selling condom. And yeah. I just point like saying like, everybody's buying this. So like, why do we have shame around it? Everyone stop. Amazing. Also, I, I bought that one. I didn't even really pay attention to the fact that I bought that one. I was just kind of like clicking and I maybe should have been paying. More. But so I have my little yellow box and I, maybe now I'll do a romantic shoot with it. Hmm. And people tell me, Sometimes you get convinced against your better judgment. So I was convinced not to call it small, medium, and large and to call yeah. it snug fit. I like snug. I wish I just called it small, medium, and large. Okay. Like, I kind of wish, who the fuck cares? Like, if that's right fitting condom, it's proven to make you feel better. You yeah. actually look larger if you have a proper fitting condom. Yeah. It's like a well-fitted shirt. Also, I just want to say, though, on the box, it says up to 6.8 inches. And that's not, I don't think that's small, small. So a fun fact about condoms that nobody knows is that large condoms, like magnum condoms and small condoms, the length is pretty similar because you just don't unroll it all the way. And oh. they're still effective. What's different is the girth and the t- And no one knows that. So when we say small fit condoms up to 6.8 inches long, I think people are like, oh, I'm not that big. Oh, and so wow. I've been trying to say... This is also confidential, but whatever. We're watching on Amazon. And I'm making us say, like, snug the condoms from 2 to 6.8 inches long. So people understand that you just don't unroll them all the way. Okay. In that case, I actually think snug 2 is a great accurate word. Because also different people I've been with have liked different tightnesses. It is more accurate. Also, large fit condoms are good for un circumcised penises because mm. the tapering is bigger at the top and you just don't unroll them all the way oh so many good things to know i love learning these things i'm learning them in real time every day <laughs> okay as we wrap up i would just like to hear how do you hope your work makes the world a sexier place this is going to be very specific great i'm hoping someone is walking down an aisle one day and isn't feeling the best is just like stressed out about insert anything that stresses us out and like looks their left and sees something and it's like, wait, is that really what I think it is? And takes a cake product off of the shelf and it makes them smile and they bring it home and it does much more than make them smile. And then you have that moment where the stress is gone and they're just present with their body and just feel fucking fantastic. That would be my final answer. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay, lastly, this is just a question for me. Theoretically, if someone was in the process of raising funds eventually to create a mobile dungeon or to not scare vanilla people, a mobile personal creativity exploration studio, got to find a better name, and was considering becoming a professional dominatrix so that she could ethically man the helm, what advice would you give this person? Okay, well this can stay on the record talk to me because i think a brand sponsorship could fund it i think realistically i do not think institutional investment like venture capital Mm. or private equity dollars is feasible i don't think the world is there yet yeah yeah everybody seems to agree so far (laughs) from self-funding like a kickstarter-esque campaign or perhaps a redone website in the structure of OnlyFans and Patreon. Yes, that would be <laughs> fantastic. But I think what could be interesting is doing a brand partnership where you get cake to pay for it and then you show up at Pride Festivals. Yeah. So cake has access to it 10 days out of the year and then you have it all of the rest. I think there could be a brand partnership world there. Or what we have found is our initial funding round we went to individuals. Mm-hmm. We did happen to go to a lot of like queer, wealthy individuals, yeah, which are just a lot more willing to be liberal with where they fund. And that could be an interesting avenue into. 
Yeah, I feel like if I talk to the Silicon Valley Burning Man people, I'll be like, hey. I was going to say, just build it and bring it to Burning Man. Build like a small version and then tell people like, oh, do you have your, get a square and say, do you have your credit card? You can swipe it right now while they're all like messed up too. And they'll be like, what? They, they spent $10,000 yesterday? That'd be great. Maybe that's not the right way to start a business. Not not the most ethical. I think Burning Man doesn't let you do transactions or something like that. I think you also don't have service. I've never been. Maybe someday. We'll see. I don't know. Do you have any other sex at work thoughts that you'd like to share? We have one sale a year that's 30% off. If you want, I can create a custom code, which is sex at work. And then customers will get 30% off. And we'll do, here, my co-founder will yell at me after this. And then we'll do 10% of that money. I will send directly to you and we'll be the first investor. In you the would be the first one. <gasps> oh my right, God. So people buy cake at hellocake.com. Yeah. They'll get 30% off and then 10% of it will go to you. Fuck yeah. Lovers. Go lube all your parts and go play with all the things and buy all the sizes of condoms because you never know what lover might enter your life. <laughs> Mitch, thank you so much for joining us on Sex at Work and thank you for the sexy work that you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Lovers, that is this week's episode of Sex at Work. And reminder, if you want 30% off your next cake order and want to support the future Mission 69 Playship road trip, visit hellocake.com and use the code Sex at Work to get 30% off and remember, everything you order in the first month will contribute to our Playship Fund for Mission 69. Again, hellocake.com and use the code SEXATWORK. Please remember to subscribe on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts and be a lover who makes the world a sexier place by leaving us five stars and or a thumbs up and a nice comment wherever you can. If you want to hear personal sex stories from lovers all around the world, go subscribe and listen to sex stories wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to support Mission 69 directly and listen to more of my personal details, questions, or see my portraits, visit wildly.com lover. And if you have a great work-related sex story that you want to share as a bonus episode, email me wild at sexstoriespodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at sexstoriespod and follow me at wildly. Sex at Work is a creation by me, Wildly, and editing is done by the incredible Kimberly Loftus. Remember to keep asking yourself, what would make sex fun today? And see if you're ready to share 1% more about yourself with your next lover this week. And as always, please keep making and sharing sex stories. 